You're listening to Muscles, Motherhood, and Motivation. I'm your host, Chloe Puff. Well, I am very excited because today I have an extra special guest, someone that I actually found on Instagram, and I'm very excited to introduce you to him. He's a yoga instructor, soccer player, Spartan racer, handsome man, and oh yeah, he's also a physical therapist. (laughs) This is Darren Joffe, and I'm so excited to have you on. How are you, Darren? I'm doing so good. Thank you so much for having me, Chloe. I am really excited. It's funny, as you said, like just the most random people show up on (laughs) on Instagram and, you know, connecting on that platform has been awesome. So first of all, thank you for that. And I'm excited for today's episode. Me too. Me too. Well, uh, just to give everybody else some context, um, I don't even know how I came across. Maybe it was one of your fantastic reels, um, but I ended up coming (laughs) across your profile and reaching out just because I loved the content that you were putting out there. Um, I think physical therapy is some incredibly important work that I wish more people had access to. Um, And so I'm really glad to be able to expand on this. And listen, if you're not already following him, I'll make sure to post his socials in the show notes so you can also see his incredible dance moves, which (laughs) we've talked about before. They're not the best. No, they're, <laughs> I'm still working on them. I'm still they're working. the best. They are the best. <laughs> so tell me a little bit about um, your background. How did you get into PT in the first place? Yeah, yeah. And it's it's funny because like whenever somebody, you know, either if it's a college essay or whenever you're going into college, uh, you know, people always ask like, why why are you in healthcare? Why are you in physical therapy? And you know, the most common answer is just the, I want to help people, right? Yeah. The worst thing you could say is I want to help people because that is very superficial. <laughs> um, it's all it's very more deeply rooted in, in that. And for me, uh, it goes a little bit beyond helping people because I love helping people. But more so, I love to see people achieve their goals. Mm. The fact that, you know, if it's a 80-year-old 80, 80 grandmother, I always say that likes to either run marathons because I'm telling you, people in their 80s and 90s are running marathons at this time. I love it. Or just walk, yeah, or just walking down the, uh, you know, the sidewalk with their grandchild. Everyone has a goal. I mean, we always think it's like, okay, I want to have less knee pain to run a race or less back pain because I'm sitting down on my eight hour Zoom meetings and I can't, you know, (laughs) I can't control Mm -hmm. how much my back hurts. We all have something that we're working towards to feel better about ourselves, which unlocks so many different levels and, you know, other understandings about, you know, our bodies. Yeah. And that is, yeah. So I love that you teach that it's, it's, and I will say just in my line of work and in my scope of practice, I just love helping people see that there is something outside of the place that they're currently stuck in. And I think Mm -hmm. that's what it boils down to. It's like, I was recording another episode today where I talked about how my success really depends on the success of my clients. And if my clients are succeeding Mm -hmm. in their goals, that's when I feel like Mm -hmm. I'm succeeding in mine. Do you feel similarly? Yeah. And, you know, in my practice, like that's the biggest thing. I don't just understand about your injury or pain. I want to know who you are as a person, right? right? Chloe, for you, if you are, uh, if you like to dance, if you like to squat at the gym, if you like these specific activities, I'm going to make sure that we get you to those, to those goals or to those achievements. I saw a video uh, recently about, you know, somebody that was rehabbing his shoulder. Um, and everyone thinks that, okay, when you're rehabbing your shoulder, you need to lift it up all the way overhead to get full range of motion. Right. So for him, he couldn't lift it past, you know, just a little bit off of his shoulder. Obviously, you can't see me, but let's say it's about 30 degrees, just barely lifting it up. For him, he was a surfer. 
And he didn't need anything more than just shoulder height to just raise his shoulder. Right. So the fact that, you know, you kind of have to understand the client and understand where they're at. It's not only like what I want to get you that full shoulder range of motion up overhead, but for him to achieve his goals, he just needs to get a little bit, a little bit higher than he wears right now. And that's what he needs to serve. Right. So understanding that it's the same thing with you as, as a trainer, right? If their goal is not to bench like 400 pounds or squat, you know, the <laughs> yep. 280, you're not going to train them to that, to that, right? You're yeah. going to really understand what their goals are and meet them, meet them there. Yeah, absolutely. That's, re- that's really, really well said. I think, uh, there's something, there's something to be said for the professionals in this space that are actually wanting to help the client achieve their mm-hmm. specific goals rather than putting our ideals for what health looks like onto somebody who may mm-hmm. not necessarily need or desire those things in their in their training. Yeah, our own agendas and <laughs> for the fact that we think we know the best, right? And I'm a big advocate about making sure that whatever health provider you go to, if that's a dentist, if that's a chiropractor, if that's a physical therapist, like anybody you go to, they need to have your best interest. And it's not just the fact mm-hmm. that they're spitting words out at you and saying, okay, you have, uh, you know, patellar femoral syndrome and, you know, what yeah. the heck does that mean? And, and you have, you need to get an MRI, you need to get an x-ray, like you need to keep making sure you're educated and understanding yeah. all these different things. Yeah, helping people advocate for themselves and their yeah. bodies, because as, like as your own human being, you know yourself best. Do you know what blows my mind is that people, you know, from a doctor, they will trust, trust somebody who says, okay, you know, you have this issue going on in your knee, or you have a bulging disc in your back, and we need to either give you an injection, or do surgery. Mm. And people are, and I've seen clients come to me and be like, okay, what kind of surgery did you have? They have no idea. <gasps> You're kidding. And I'm like, okay, what kind of ma- medication or what was the injection? And they're just like, I don't know. So I'm like, okay, so you let somebody cut into you or give you an injection or give you this medication Put and you don't even into know your what body. you're taking. Yeah. Oh my and you gosh. have no idea what's going on and you don't have no idea what it's doing. You need to be educated. You need to make sure right. that you're understanding the whole process. Yeah. And people are wasting their time and money and they, and they do not know because they, I guess they've trusted or they were yeah. too afraid to ask those questions. Yeah. Well, and it's, it's hard when we do put a lot of trust in like Westernized medicine, which mm-hmm. I mean, I'm going to just blanket statement this and say, there's nothing wrong with that. Um, <laughs> you know, sub note, sub note. Definitely not. Definitely no, not. it's perfect. No, but I like, I think it's just, it's crazy to me how, how much faith we put in this system that does have so many mm-hmm. faults and missteps that instant I've been talking about this with so many guests, like yeah. preventative care, or at least like, can, can we exhaust all our options before doing something major like surgery where that's going to require so much time, energy, money, uh, mm-hmm. to, to heal and to make that happen. And so where would you say physical therapy falls in line with that process? Let's say somebody is injured or let, let's say even before somebody is injured, because I know exactly where you're going with this. Tell me where physical therapy would fall in line in that timeline. Yeah. And it, you kind of hit it right on, on its you know head right there is that we would all advocate for preventive care. We would all you know, advocate for prehab, right? We call them the word prehab. Yes, prehab. Um, I love that. Prehab, prehab. But guess what? 
people don't buy into it. People aren't, you know, so bought into it. And why? Because one, they're not in pain. Like they don't mm. see the value of it. Yeah. And every single time I'm talking to somebody, you have to understand their values, what they value. Mm. For somebody that throws their back out and for all those that are listening, if you, if you ever hurt your knee or you twist your ankle or you hurt your back and you're in so much pain and you can barely move or even just get out of bed or just walk down the hallway, you will pay anything you will do anything to get out of that pain mm-hmm. once it's over and that's kind of resolved the fact of you remembering that is very it's it's almost gone so you yep. know we, we don't take the measures to think like okay i would never want something like that to happen and work on those things for the future because why when we were younger when we were kids when we were teenagers right we would go on the slides we would run around and we would fall and yes we would you know hurt ourselves We'd get back right up, up. Maybe we had like a little bit of a, you know, a shoulder injury or a little bit of a knee injury, especially in my twenties. I think about that. Yeah. Right, a little twinge. And it would go away. It yep. would go away. And that's not always the case. So it's the deeply rooted understanding that like you can advocate for prehab, but unless somebody's truly in pain or kind of truly understands the the reason why. And mm. this is going back to what I kind of just mentioned before. You need to know why you need to be educated on the why this would be important. Absolutely. But not just for yourselves, but for your goals. So Mm -hmm. linking them back that, hey, if I hurt my knee playing soccer or working out and it's kind of resolved and it's a lot better, what can I still do to make sure I can continue squatting or doing these other training things or making things just more functional for you in your everyday lives? Right. Yeah. It's, I mean, I definitely have fallen victim to the like waiting until it's too late uh, sort of thing because we get so wrapped up in being busy and being active. I mean, for me, I grew up um, as a dancer and did it professionally for a long time. And so, Mm -hmm. I mean, we were training so much. It was like, well, we're just starving artists. We don't have the time or the money to, you know, be (laughs) doing all this preventative care. And then you realize, you know, now that I'm 30, I'm like, um, ow, (laughs) my whole Mm -hmm. body (laughs) feels like I'm 40 sometimes. I see so many dancers. Yeah, Yeah. I'm training so many dancers even right now. And again, like they've, they learn specific movements. They're so in tune Mm -hmm. to their body. Yeah. But a lot of them are also hypermobile, right? They have so much laxity in their joints and they have no stability. Right. So functional movement. Ooh, that's yeah. 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 All juicy stuff. (laughs) Yeah. All the juicy stuff that like we would love to talk about, but I'm sure people are like, "Uh uh-huh. Uh-huh. Functional (laughs) movement. Yeah. Yeah. But I, yeah, it's, it's so true. I think it's really important for us to realize how can physical activity improve my quality of life? Like how can preventative Mm -hmm. care improve my quality of life? And you know, like what you said, what are, if, if you are someone who's listening to this and you're like, well, okay, I'm open to it, but why would I, why would I need it? You got to think about, you know, your core values and maybe the Mm -hmm. things that think about the goals that you want to do. And again, like you said, 80 year old grandma just wants to walk down the street with, her grandkids, those are the types of things that we should be thinking about. Like what kind of life are we living and how do we want to accommodate our movement to that? I think that's great. Yeah. And there's so many barriers. And again, you're right. Even if you think about preventative care, what you can do, it's all for, it's all for yourself. I see so many people that their first step, and I say all my patients, their first step out of bed every single morning should be confident. It should feel good. Like you want to jump out of bed. And for all those that are listening, how, how many of those feel stiff and just like, you know, in pain and just trying to get out of, you know, just have to roll out of bed 
and they just don't feel they just don't feel good and it shouldn't be that way you should feel uh you know you should feel strong you should feel i love the word confidence right if you feel confidence in your movement anything that life throws at you you can you can take it head on because you are more educated one and you have kind of worked on some of those foundations either if that's stability, if that's getting stronger, if that's, you know, mobility, if you need more motion in your body, but you have all those different aspects to tackle all those challenges in life. Yeah, absolutely. That's, and you know, I was just thinking too, like going back to, what were we talking about? Hold on, brain fart moment. We were, (laughs) (laughs) the train left that station. I was like so (laughs) enthralled with what you said that I completely forgot my own thoughts. Well, let's, let's get back on track a little bit because actually I would love to hear kind of, um, about your background, just as far as like, what are some of the things that actually led you to this point? You, you mentioned loving to help other people, but aside from that, are there experiences that you had that kind of shifted you towards this field? Yeah. Yeah. So this is a little deeply rooted and I wasn't really planning on sharing this story, but. Oh, okay. Well, share as much as you want. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I've only come recently out with it too. And it's been kind of like a, um, a really, really amazing kind of connection point with either people or, you know, people on Instagram or my patients, things like that, because everyone suffers with it in some sort of fashion. Mm. Um, and that's trauma, right? When we talk about either physical trauma or emotional trauma or yeah. the fact that, you, uh, you know, we grew up with different aspects of it and how it's kind of manifested in our bodies and in yes. our relationships and in ourselves now. It, it's so true when I'm a yoga instructor, right? And I talk about the mind-body connection all the time. Mm-hmm. And if you only treat the physical aspect and the physical part of your life and you don't allow the mind to connect with the body, you're you're kind of setting yourself up for failing. You're not actually seeing the whole picture. And a lot of patients with chronic pain, you talk about people that have had back pain or knee pain for 10 years, and they're just mm-hmm. like, what the heck is happening? Yeah, there's some stuff going on in the knee. There's some stuff going on in the back, but what's happening in the mind too? Yeah. There are studies that show that during finals week, people get, you know, students get sick. Why? Because they're more stressed out. So their cortisol, their hormone, uh, you know, levels drop or they increase. So they become more, uh, you know, inflammatory yeah. receptive so they become more sick or they have back pain how many i mean how, how often have you ever heard of somebody that's been in a really stressful period of their lives and now they have back pain uh, i currently am experiencing a two-week long tension headache thank you stress <laughs> exactly and even headaches too like i didn't i don't know if you know but physical therapists treat headaches and mm. when you talk about that mind-body connection and i love the fact when somebody comes in they're like you know i have neck pain i also have headaches I'm like, ooh, that's that's something we can clear up because guess what? The nerves that come out of your neck run up into the head and we call oh, something yeah. like this cervicogenic headache, right? This the word cervico, like the word neck. Genic is like the, the origin of it, headache. So treating the neck, especially if you're very tensed up and you think about work stress and we think about life, and this is where we talk about the nervous system. Back in the day when there were uh, animals and lions and cheetahs and tigers that were trying to attack you, what did you do? You would you would run or you would you would try to fight. Yeah. Now it's any stress that comes to you, you have to kind of like take it and deal with it. And a lot of times we get into this form of like elevating our shoulders, you know, getting ready for battle or just yeah. kind of tensing up and just feeling that way. And that's where a lot of this tension comes from. Again, 
is it only from the muscles and the everything going on in the nervous system in the neck? No, I mean, there's the mind-body connection too. But kind of digressing, coming back to- I, this is, I'm like enthralled right now. <laughs> um, I don't even remember your, your question. Yeah, well, we were just talking about what specifically like led you to this in your own experiences. Yes. Yeah, so when I went down like the whole trauma road, um, when I am originally from South Africa, so my family came from a different country. And I always have to repeat the country because nobody ever hears me say it right. I say a little bit of an accent, but from South Africa. I so knew. American, I knew. American I, sound. <laughs> I knew. Okay. I was wondering if I was just crazy with the with the accent. Yeah. I have several yeah. friends that came from South Africa. Yeah. I lost my accent when I was younger, but I came when I was about eight years old. And the reason we left was my mom and I were, were hijacked, um, you know, by, by two men that came in and pulled guns to our head. And took our car, took our stuff and kind of definitely physically threatened us. And it was something I, you know, had a lot for many years had, you know, had to deal with it on my own. And uh, we moved countries and we moved across the world for for safety, for better opportunity. But it was just very, very, very hard um, for me. And I didn't really come out with the story until high school when there was a uh, essay contest. And I was like, hey, you know, this would be a, a good time to maybe come out with the story because, mm. you know, it'd be, it'd be nice and came out with it. And yeah, I mean, I won and it was just such a kind of a relief. I bet. But for many years, many, many years, I would have uh, physical manifestations if either I'd be sick, if I would be, um, you know, I just feeling just terrible. Uh, either you talk about tension headaches, I've mm. suffered with headaches, with back pain, with different knee pains, things like that. And can never understand why I had just such chronic pain. Um, and to deal with working, that at such a young yeah. age. Yeah. Uh, I remember being in PT and that's kind of how I felt PT. I had like a pinched nerve in my neck mm-hmm. and I wanted to play soccer. And I can play soccer because I had this pinched nerve in my neck. And I was just like, what is going on? I'm, I'm so young having to deal with all these different issues. Yeah. So, you know, when you talk about mental health and why it's so important, this is just a huge reason. So even though the word physical therapy is physical, it's not a physical. I'm actually probably treating more of the mental side than I am the physical side. I, so, I'm so glad. Yeah. I didn't mean to interrupt, but thank you yeah, for yeah. being vulnerable with that. I mean, <laughs> I'm really glad. I feel very validated with that, too, because that is something that I focus on as well as just the mental health aspect, because you're so right. Mm-hmm. Like you literally cannot... Yeah gain control over your own domain if you yeah. don't have control over how your thoughts are affecting your body mm-hmm. yeah i mean like even the patients leave with chronic back pain that are scared to bend forward mm-hmm. physically they can physically every single person can i have patients with chronic back pain they are so scared to bend forward because right. they're going to throw out their back right and then you talk about the deeper level of them as a mom them as a, a grandmother that they yeah. can't get down and play with their children cuz you can't bend over you can't pick up a you know a, a box that takes your independence away it does so yeah so going through the mind and understanding you know as much as we can and how that relates to our body that's what i've connected with especially with my patients and that's why i i kind of run a different you know practice that way in terms of like how i treat Mm-hmm. is because I want to understand those deeper levels. And I think through my history and from what I've been through, I understand that. And I want to make sure that like everyone listening, that if you, you know, if you're dealing with pain, if you're dealing with like things that are kind of been manifesting, right? Mm-hmm. I, I think our generation right now loves the word manifesting. Yes. To kind of go a little bit deeper and understand why. Yeah, absolutely. 
And man, I mean, that just makes so much sense. And I love, I love that this is a focus of yours. Um, and correct me if I'm wrong, but m- the observation that I see is that there is not only a stigma for mental health in general, particularly for older generations, because now what I'm seeing mm-hmm. is a lot of um, millennials and younger are now kind of seeking that mental health care, which is amazing. Um, yeah. But particularly with men, it seems that there's oh, yeah. this massive stigma against like finding some support, like you're broken or something, when in reality, it's yeah. it's so much further than just, you know, judgment. Um, and the fact that you're implementing that into your your work is really great. I'm I can only assume that the people that you work with are seeing some really incredible results. Yeah, and it's it's interesting you mentioned that because a lot of my patients, I think I'm on those deeper levels with are female. Uh, my yep. male clients, they again they they share some stuff, but it's more it's more that surface level. We're talking more of like the level one. So my mm-hmm. one client wants to play basketball, that my other person just wants to run. And in essence, those are physical, right? Those are kind of like the, yeah. the surface level, you know, goals, but what's really behind all that. Yeah. And we never really pull back some of those layers. And maybe it's just because it's a male and male. Maybe it's just that, if you said, the stigma behind that. Yeah. It's something that is still being worked through. And yeah. hopefully when we're parents and I know you're a mom and it's just like, when I'm a parent, I want to instill if it's a, you know, who, whatever gender it is to kind of instill that it is important and it's yeah. not a sign of weakness. Yes, exactly. I think that's just something that, because uh, I, I work with almost exclusively women. I, I do have some male clients, but it's usually pretty rare. Um, mm-hmm. But I love that. I love that that opportunity is, you know, also being, even if it's a small pocket in just Darren's yeah. office to be able to, you know, have a space for men to also come in fix their physical problem, but at the same time, you know, being able to have the opportunity to open up and at least see Mm -hmm. if they can just get some of this off their chest. And I, I, my wish at least is that, you know, this becomes more of a normalized practice throughout, you know, not just our businesses, but just in healthcare in general, that mental health is more of a priority. Thirty-one million Americans suffer from back pain. But don't worry, with Rolga foam rollers, you don't have to be a statistic. Rolga is a contoured foam roller designed to reach and target muscles more precisely and comfortably. Don't mash your muscles with a traditional flat roller. Try the contoured roller that actually targets pressure points and gives you the relief that you've been searching for. I have all three, the soft, the medium, and the hard Rolga, as well as the activator massage ball that I take in my purse wherever I go. Fair warning, once you try this, you will not go back to a traditional roller. Head to Rolga.com, that's R-O-L-L-G-A.com, and use Chloe Puff at checkout for 10% off. That's Chloe Puff at checkout for 10% off. So speaking of healthcare, ooh, trigger, trigger, trigger. Oh yeah, here we go. Here we go. Here we go. <laughs> I'm gonna, I'm gonna actually let you start. I, what? I'm gonna give the most broad question, and you can dive into any portion of this that you want. How do you feel that healthcare, the way that it's set up, presents obstacles in your experience as a PT? 
I love that draw question. <laughs> <laughs> it just, it just, it's going to break off into like six different mm-hmm. podcast episodes mm-hmm. now. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, yeah, I mean, I think we hit a couple different points. So, you know, the different categories could be one, not seeing the entire person as a person, more of a mm-hmm. number. There's yes. like some statistic that and next time you go into a, like your, your PCP or just get a checkup or anything like that, or even just go to a, if you see any doctor, or even a PA or a nurse, see how quickly they interrupt you. There's a study that shows that from seven to nine seconds after they ask you that first question, they've already interrupted you. What? So for example, it's like, Chloe, why are you in, why are you here today? And you'd be like, oh, you know, my neck's hurting and, you know, I started to, and then before that, it'd be like, okay, so when did it start, you know, when did it start hurting? And you start, they start to interrupt and they kind of guide you to where they want to be versus asking open-ended questions there are more number based i'm literally shocked (laughs) oh i (laughs) i mean (laughs) whoa yes and hopefully it gets better but still it's the the fact that it's very number based and people don't feel that they are treated as a person more of like cattle Mm. not saying this is true for every practice and every single general clinic yeah yeah i'm not generalizing all that but more often than not, this is what I'm seeing and this is what I'm hearing from patients that come in. And again, how do you have time to educate? How do you have time to answer questions? How do you have time to really get to the fact of what is going on? Right? Do you think Some this is quiet. a systemic problem? Like, do you think this is yes. this is how oh, yeah. the, the system yeah. as a whole is set to be? Like, I'm just, I don't even know how to yeah, ask yeah. the and question I'm on, to ask. Yeah, no, no, definitely. It's not based on like the physician or the nurse or the PA. Like they, they want to probably go a little bit more. They want to right. you know, give on themselves, but they have numbers to hit. They have, um, you know, a hundred different things going on because the healthcare system is so overburdened. How long does it take for people to get appointments nowadays? Oh gosh. It's taken a very long time, even for a, a checkup or for, uh, you know, an ortho or just to even see right. you know anything even an image it's taken a very long time for people to get in yeah it's well, been overburdened that, but do you feel like and we don't have to get political or anything but do you feel like <laughs> the cost of healthcare, at least for the united states do you believe that the way that it's set up right now is accessible for everyone like do you do you feel like maybe more people would be how do I, I don't even know how to ask this. Open. Oh yeah. No, it's a good question. How do you feel um, like finance, I guess the financial standpoint of the system impacts the accessibility for people to come. Yeah. To- I'm, yeah. I think we barely touched on insurance in physical therapy school. We barely talked about it. Um, and why? Because it's always changing. And even in undergrad and when I'm going through different kind of like stages of my life, even to get to my career, we barely talked about insurance. It's kind of like that, that, taboo subject we, nobody really talks about that's so and weird to me it's crazy like, it's mind-blowing so it's mind-blowing oh my god and gosh. all the new clinicians even ask like doctors going into like their new fields like they don't i don't understand insurance like you can ask me insurance questions i have no clue i don't understand anything about how insurance policies work i mean i do to like some point to get my patients you know if they right through insurance like i never benefits but like how inherently it all works no idea and what I've learned from the past is that it's going to leave people out, right? If it's, uh, if it's Medicaid, uh, you don't have access to certain, you know, clinicians and specialists yeah. and things like that. Or if you have um, even just regular insurance and you can't meet your deductible or mm-hmm. even just 
paying co copays, it it causes issues for people. It causes a burden for people, and medical bills Absolutely. are huge. Are huge. Do I have an answer for this? No, I have no clue because that well, is yeah, that is, it's overwhelming. <laughs> That's why overwhelming. I just love asking you know people in this sort of field. Yeah. Um, I the last uh, guest that I had on Karina, um, she's a registered dietitian, and we were talking about how you know it's yeah. like we just have to be a private practice because you know insurance kind of just kind of screws people over in yeah. terms of actually getting the the help they need. Yeah. So the practice I'm at right now, we're cash-based and people are like, oh, what does cash-based mean? So we don't take insurance, but if your insurance had an out-of-network benefits, you can submit for reimbursement, but usually it's not enough for to really cover so much. Um, so it really is a full-on, you know, out-of-pocket expense, but people are just like, okay, so why would I ever invest that much money into my health or into, you know, getting better? Just that right there alone, sidebar, that question right there, the fact that people can say that, like, I'm so yeah. sorry that you don't feel you're that valuable to need to literally yeah. invest in yourself. Yeah. And it comes from, you know, the past. And I, I never blame people because it's like, oh, you're too expensive for me. Or it's, you know, I don't, right. I don't believe this. Because right. guess what, right? If you had back pain, if you had knee pain for you specifically, right? <laughs> Thanks for outing like, me. No, I'm just kidding. You. <laughs> <laughs> and you've been through other PTs. You've been through different treatment options. You've tried your own therapies. You've done everything under the sun. And then I'm coming to you and being like, oh yeah, you know, this is a, this is a we, we can end your knee pain. Like we can do it. Like this is it. Yeah. And for $300 an hour, we could do that. Yeah. You're not, you're not going to focus on the end goal of, okay, uh, you're going to have less knee pain. You're, you're going to be able to play with your kids. You're going to be able to squat. You're going to be able to run. Yeah. You're focused on the, I don't believe this is going to help me. And it's $300 that I'm wasting. Do you think that's partly because, because the way that what you were talking about before, the way that we experience healthcare is so like mm-hmm. rapid fire that we don't like, yeah. we can't necessarily see the value when it's actually right in front of us. Yeah, definitely. And it should be more of a product or a service. So what we do is that if you do not feel like you're getting outcomes you want, right? We talked about the goals in, in the beginning for your goals. Right. If I don't get you to playing basketball, if I don't get you back to dance and salsa or whatever types of dance that you like, yes. we give you your money back, right? If That's we're, amazing. If we can help you. Yeah, if you buy, I always say this, if you buy a phone, if you buy any product in the store and it's broken, do you keep it? Do you, do you, would you keep a, a broken iPhone that you just bought a you know $3,000 phone right. and it's broken? You're not going to keep it. You're going to return it. Hmm. why not? That should be true for every single service or product. If, you, if you, this is something that's not working for you and it doesn't, you know, it, it's a service that's not working for you. We give your money back. It's I as wish more as people in healthcare would do that. Like, listen, doctor, yeah. you didn't give me the experience or the <laughs> diagnosis I actually needed. Yeah. Wow. That's... Rotator cuff surgery, right? Like let's say I had a, a torn rotator cuff and then I go through rotator cuff surgery and I've done everything I can and I'm still having shoulder pain. Like, yes, give me my, my 30k money back. back. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's not how that works. It's like, okay, you're screwed. You still have shoulder pain. Or the most important part is the is the typical like, okay, I have back pain and it's, you know, sciatica. It's the stomach stuff that goes into your legs and people do surgeries and they cut you open and they do, uh, they fuse your back and all this crazy stuff. But guess what? Afterwards, they still have issues. Mm. And at that point, it's just like the doctors are like, I don't know. Like, bye. <laughs> I did what yeah. I needed to do. No. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, listen, <laughs> if you're listening to this right now and you have felt personally victimized by the healthcare system in any way, shape, or form, I would love to hear your story anonymously. Please email me. Yeah. I really would love to share those. 
Um, wow. I, this, I can say I'm like having like a cathartic moment, like the talking mm-hmm. about this in real time is just absolutely eye-opening mm-hmm. and mind-blowing. And like, it's, it's not stuff that I, that I didn't know, but I guess I, it just feels very affirming for me to hear this. And I'm hoping that those of you who are <laughs> listening are feeling the same way, like, wow, I had that exact same experience. Yeah. Wow. Petition to have everybody refund their clients if <laughs> they're not getting <laughs> the healthcare treatment they desire. That's absolutely crazy. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Well, I have a question for you actually, and it's it, it's a little bit off track. It's more based off of what we were talking about earlier with kind of the mental health aspect. Do you feel like you've noticed any changes um, since the pandemic happened in terms of like chronic pain, things like that? What are the types of things that you've been seeing since the pandemic has happened? Totally. I think it's been a, a whole different ball game. We not just talk about Zoom, like Zoom fatigue, because that's definitely real. Oh, yeah. And you know, people that are working at home, I'm seeing so much more back pain, so much more neck pain. Mm. And it's, it's, again, it's not only the physical aspects. Yes, if you sit down for 12 hours a day, you're going to have some sort of aches and pains. Mm. But it's how are you holding tension? How are you holding tension in your back, in your hips, in your neck? How are you presenting yourself? And people are just getting beat down over and over and over. Either that's the work from stress, if that is just how they're treating their bodies. And it's hard because you're if people are at home, if there's not so much motivation to go out to do stuff, because again, you know, me being in New York City, we've had a uh, vaccine mandate and a mask mandate, and we've uh, you know limited amount of exposure you can be outside. Everything's right. you know a lot better now. But it's still, you know, taking a toll on on people, and yeah. it's so hard to see. So people come in, and what's been really nice is that through the pandemic, they've had actually the realization that they need to have some self care. They need to uh, invest more in themselves. Mm. And the fact that self care doesn't mean that you're running a bubble bath. I mean, it can for it depends on how you define self care. <laughs> Why is that like the vision bubble bath? I know, I know. Um, <laughs> I, yeah, but like, it's more like, how can I better my body? How can I do something for me that's going to be an investment into the future? I say, if you have a deck of cards, and if you have the choice to stack the deck with as many cards, many as things you can do for your investment in the future, how important would that be? It's so hard for us to look into the future and be like, okay, this is what I want to be like. This is how I want to act. And then not take the time right now. The yeah. people that are in their 80s and 90s and they're still active and they're still doing all the things they love, it's not like they woke up in their 80s and 90s and say, like, okay, now I'm going to start some of these healthy habits right. or training for that. Um, you, right? People save for their 401s, for their retirements, for, for all these different things. Why don't you do that for your bodies and for yourselves? Mm. And it's hard because why? And this is where I kind of kind of chop this up a little bit more is the New Year's resolutions. I want to go to the gym. I want to stop <laughs> smoking cigarettes. I want to do all these really big things that, guess what? February 1st, probably I would love to hear the people that have had New Year's resolutions and they're still falling, you know, falling through them. I know I didn't. I never kind of make them that, that case anymore. I have anymore. a statistic for that, by the way. <laughs> I'll, I'll get back I'm to sure that. I'm sure it's very low. Uh, it's 7%. Oh. 7% of people wow. stick wow. to their goals the entire year. And why? It's because <laughs> things are so big. They're so big. And yeah. I'm just pointing the, the book out there, but Atomic Habits, the most talked about book for, you know, for habit change. It's like my favorite book. I, I know, I know. I love it. Um, 
the two things I use my, with my patients, from the, especially from the book, is one, how can you reduce the obstacles between you and that desired outcome? For example, if you want to go to the gym, if you want to do the exercises that I've kind of prescribed as a PT, mm. how can you make that easier? So I say you leave your yoga mat out in your living room, next to your bed, so that or your balls and your bands right. I have my my thyroid band right I here. I see right your ke- uh, kettlebell behind you. Oh, my yeah. kettlebells right there. <laughs> that makes it so hard to not do something. If you rolled up your yoga mat and you put it, uh, you know, in your closet, you're not going to mm-hmm. get that out and do something. Same thing with, uh, you know, most of the habit changes, right? Even making my bed, I find making my bed it's been the hardest habit change. But can you can you almost uh, enable like the less enable a easier path to right the less challenges the less obstacles you have the easier things can get and that goes back to sorry no you go go. (laughs) I was just gonna say that it also goes for the reverse too like what you were saying about putting putting things in your way to remind you of the good things part of the problem is that we have these triggers that are negative triggers Mm -hmm. right in front of us all Mm -hmm. the time so if you're trying to eat you know less crappy food but the crappy food is in the front of the cabinet rather than allowing yourself you know a variety of balanced choices evenly distributed what are you going to reach for so and don't get discouraged it's the fact that okay as long as you're putting your best foot out there and sometimes, right, not saying you have to restrict all of it or you can't indulge, but how can you make a 1% difference? 1% difference, right? If it's, I was just watching a video um, of somebody on how to create habits, right? This this person said, okay, you can go to the gym for six minutes a day. I don't care, six minutes and then get out. Mm -hmm. Anything like that. If I want to uh, eat eat better, eat something. If can I just put one one tomato on there, one, you know, something on there start that way start that way because guess what it goes back to what i just said with stacking the cards of your future think about the future you it's going to be a lot better when you start small start small absolutely and like what you were saying too like a lot of times i'll coach my clients to just start moving their bodies for five minutes and this is before like they have their workout programming but i know it's not a habit yet so we i'm like do this for five minutes do not complete the workout i want you Mm -hmm. to do this for five minutes x Mm -hmm. amount of times a week and you'll realize, oh my gosh, I actually can do a lot more. It's yeah. it's possible. And it's like, yeah. you know, I think we just are so, we're such like a, what, what's the word? Um, we're creatures of habits. But we, yeah, we like- and quick fix. We want like the yeah. instant results. Yeah. We're, we're like a quick yeah. payoff kind of generation. And so we're so used to like this, oh, this is the word, instant gratification. There it is. Instant gratification. That we okay. just, we want to dive all in and it's not reasonable for actually building something. Mm-hmm. You wouldn't mm-hmm. build a house yeah. that way, just plopping it all together. You have to take steps. So it's the same with, with our habits. Yeah. And it's not the, okay, to take the steps to that point, you never know what's going to be in the future. But if you just think about the now, it's, it's the easiest part. There's a little story of a giraffe and a little boy walking in the forest. And this is not my story, but it's something I've heard. And they were walking and all of a sudden they were lost. They couldn't see the way out. And the boy was freaking out. The boy was saying, you know, I can't see the way out. I can't see the light. I can't see the path out. And the giraffe turned to him and said, can you see a one foot in front of you? And he's like, yeah, of course it's, it's right here. It's right in front of me. That's all you got to do. Just put one foot in front of you. You don't need to see that end result. You need to see that one foot in front of you because that's yeah. what you can see and not the the 20 steps ahead. Yeah. I love that. I, I think, um, <laughs> what, it, what is that, uh, 
TikTok or whatever. It's like, if the virus can find a better version of itself, so can you. <laughs> I think that's just so true. We're like stuck Love in it. this, like we are in this time where every, like we can't really see what the future is going to be. And so now yeah. more than ever, we're collectively forced to be present and in the moment. And I think that's exactly right. Like now that we're here, make the most of it. Just take that 1% forward each time. Mm -hmm. And even if that growth isn't linear and forward, we're still taking a step towards some direction and wanting to improve. Man. Wow. And I can't, I can't believe that it's already been like, um, 50 minutes have gone by. I'm like (laughs) not even part of the way through these questions. So I'll, I'll have to focus a little bit. Um, so I would I would love to hear about your greatest influences. Mm. This. Who who inspires you to continue doing what you're doing? Yeah, so I have to say um, I work at a place called Project Physical Therapy in in Brooklyn, in New York, and Danny, uh, who the Instagram you could also throw that on if you'd like, but it's the official muscle whisper. If you think my dance moves are terrible, his dance moves <laughs> are a lot whisper. better. <laughs> A lot better, but yes. it's official Danny Shapiro. Um, yeah, the Muscle Whisper is the other handle. But yes. he's kind of taken me on. Uh, he started his practice when he was also just out of school and has created this whole system where we can kind of change the, the way of healthcare. And it's been such an awesome experience to kind of understand that you can really treat somebody in all the different aspects and factors of their life. So, and even for people that are in jobs, leadership and you know your boss and all these different you know people in your life because you spend so much time with them it's hard to find the the places that feel like family that feel Mm -hmm. like that people truly care about you and understand you for you and not just for the numbers you're putting out Mm, and being here has kind of opened my eyes that i'm able to really you know really hone in my skills and even if i fail right and i failed many times but they're all learning opportunities and I'm really hard on myself. But he comes to me and just says, Hey, this is a learning moment. Like you got yeah. the next one. How many times are in, in your work? It's just like, okay, if you fail, you, uh, you know, this is, this is harsh. I'm going to come down on you hard. I mean, it's part of that they're a little bit true, but yeah, looking for the future, how can you kind of cultivate that for that turn into a more of a positive and hopeful experience? Yeah. Well, and gosh, the same thing goes for clients, for you, like the fact that you have, you are someone who is a professional and does this and has someone else guiding and supporting them. It's the same way. Like, honestly, this is exactly why like the collective society just needs to invest in themselves because if high, high achieving people such as yourself can reach out for support and have support and be guided. Like it's important for us to be able to take that first step toward advocating for ourselves and get yeah. the support we need. I think that's, yeah. that's great. I'll definitely post um, his social handle in the show notes as well. I would love sure. to <laughs> get everybody <laughs> See towards that page moves. too. Absolutely. You know, I love, I love a good dance move. Well, <laughs> I, we're running out of time, which sucks because I have so many other questions for you, but maybe I can have you on a second time. <laughs> um, but I guess I would love as a last little note, what would you, what advice would you give to the people listening who 
maybe find themselves kind of wondering what next steps they would be taking. It's pretty broad, but. (laughs) No, I know exactly where I'm going with this. And um, for all the shoppers out there, and I hate shopping so much because I'm always never going to know what to decide on. (laughs) Uh, But be a shopper. If that's for healthcare, if that's for trainers, if that's for your dentist, if that's for your favorite cup of coffee, you should be a shopper. So for the fact that if something's not serving you, if that's something that you don't vibe with and you're not feeling the values, if you're not feeling the authenticity, you have the option of leaving. You have the option of advocating for yourself. Mm-hmm. Again, I said, like, you shouldn't allow somebody just to cut into you or recommend uh, a surgery or, or advice without, A, understanding why, the why. And part of that is hopefully they're creating a space where you can ask questions. And if they're not and they're dismissing you, and that's maybe not a place you should be at. Again, for a trainer, if a trainer just told you like, hey, we're going to be loading you up today. And, you know, first of all, that's not your goal and you haven't right. ever squatted before. It's it's like, okay, I mean, why? Like, first of all, why? And B, like, the, the values aren't aligned here. Yeah. So a lot of times people just want to, you know, just say, okay, I'm going to go through. I'm going to push through. I'm going to continue with it because mm. it's the best and they think it's the best for me. But no, you need to advocate a little bit more for yourself. Yeah. You have to, um, like as a, yeah. as a client too, like you've got, because, okay, how do I, how do I phrase this? I'll, I'll just use myself as an example. If I know that I'm good at coaching people, when I go to outsource a coach for myself, mm-hmm. I know I also have to be, I have to teach my coach how to interact with me by being vulnerable and open and sharing yeah. the things that I need and don't need. And sometimes it's hard to figure out when you're just like really unsure where to start. But I think yeah. communication is a huge part of that relationship yep. because yep. in order to separate yourself as like another number under the, under the guidance of whoever you choose, you have to yep. be able to say, no, 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 no. That's, I I hear what you're saying and that's valuable, but this is what I'm experiencing. This is who I am. And this is what I value. Those are the things that are going to help you get the, the answers you want. And if the answer is Mm -hmm. this person is not a good fit, that's also a good answer because then you know to keep shopping. So absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, And it's great. And I think the, you know, the caveats like, okay, how do I know if this is good for me or not? And again, like you just said, if you open that space if you have the communication if you ask a question and you're getting dismissed or if you're getting pushed aside yeah that's kind of like your answer right there yeah. kind of showing so even though you might not understand you know all the maybe the medical terms or your you know the diagnosis that's that if you feel like you aren't in a space where you can ask questions then you're that's a not in the right space <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. absolutely yes. yeah same thing with a haircut right if you're gonna go get a haircut and you say hey i want to do this and the hairdresser's like nah let's 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 get you uh frosted tips <laughs> and, and let's and let's cut it all off can we bring back like, frosted tips in 2022 yeah. <laughs> and what oh if you were too scared to be like okay sure <laughs> right <laughs> love that oh my gosh well so, and there, but there there are those types of people where it's like the people who will speak up for themselves and the people yeah. who won't but ultimately it's going to take the people who won't a lot longer to get to the result that they want it's important to just kind of be selfish in that sense. And especially when you're, you know, for example, paying out of pocket, like you medical care is freaking expensive. So you Mm -hmm. better be getting the most out of your healthcare, you know, since we're paying an arm and a leg 
for <laughs> insurance rates if you're like, and your time too. Yeah. yeah. How much time do you waste as well? You people oh waste gosh. so much time. I can't, I'm, so, yeah. my eyes are rolling so hard. It hurts. <laughs> yeah. So there's a lot of, as you said, there's a lot of negativity with it, but there are some slivers of hope and just yeah. being a, more aware, more educated. That's all we can do right now. So we can't change the healthcare system, but we can get more educated. Yeah, absolutely. One step at a time, right? <laughs> One step at a time. Well, on that note, can you tell the listeners where we can best connect with you online? Yeah. So on Instagram, you could do DocJoff. Uh, you know, I post a lot of different either yoga videos, fun PT, just advocacy and just kind of anything. If you ever have any issues or anything you kind of uh, need, if you're in the New York or New Jersey area, I can definitely do some treatment. But if not, unfortunately, I do not have licensure in other states. Um, so I wouldn't be able to treat you, but I'd be happy to give any sort of medical, uh, you know, general advice or anything to, you know, help with more advocacy for healthcare or trainers or anything like that. Or if you just want to say hi. Absolutely. Cool. Well, thank you so much. I'm definitely going to have to have you back because I still want to know about your work life balance. (laughs) I still want to know. Oh yeah. And so (laughs) this is is just the beginning, but I do want to say thank you so much for coming on. It's been a blast. And to those of you listening, be bold, be fit. 